We live in a time where masculinity is shamed and men don't know what it means to be a man. As a pastor and counselor, I've spent the better part of my life equipping and training others. My goal with this show is to translate my hard-earned experience into tools and tactics to help you become stronger as a man. This is the Brave Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Valentin. All right, Brave Co. Men, welcome back to the Brave Co. Podcast. This week, I have one of my best friends, Ahab Al-Hindi, with me. And Ahab is such a great man. He owns and operates Chick-fil-A here in town in Reading. Also, you run a a champions business group. And man, you're just one of the most solid, dependable, like good men that I know. So Ahab, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, Yeah, dude. I can say all those things except for the titles, but (laughs) you're one of the most incredible men I've ever met. I'm just thankful that you're in my life. Like, man, I appreciate that. I appreciate you, dude. So we had such a cool um, experience a year ago. Yeah. We do these long range shooting schools for Brave Co. and like all these different experiences, but specifically, we did this one in Wyoming um, about a year and a half ago. And there's a bunch of guys that came. They're like these VIP events and lots of cigars are smoked <laughs> and no alcohol, right? Because alcohol and rifles, that it, don't mix. It's a bad combo. It's a bad combo. <laughs> but dude, I think you guys cleaned out the cigar joints a uh, hundred miles uh, uh, north of Wyoming. There wasn't a cigar within a hundred miles <laughs> of where we were. <laughs> But these experiences, right, are to one, help give guys a skill set in and learn how to shoot out to a thousand yards and learn how to uh you know to to make ethical shots and and a lot of it's like around hunting too. So we teach guys how to become better hunters and like what what shot would you really take in the field? And so it's not just like sitting at a bench shooting uh and that's cool, but we actually get way out into the mountains at you know, 8,000 feet elevation yeah, where there's, so beautiful. it is awesome, man. Horseback riding. Yeah. Sleeping like you're actually outdoors. I like, know. With little tent deals. Waking your friends <laughs> up at 6 a.m. Oh, yeah, nearly getting punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> but a large part of what we do is just create a place where guys can get an impartation. Yeah. Right. Is a place where guys can bond together, connect together. Um, uh, learn how to shoot, but mostly it's like connecting with other men and just having a great time. And so you were one of the guys that was there on that trip. And man, it, it's like, I'm going to let you tell the story, but from my perspective, um, that experience was a catalyst to a whole bunch of growth and change in your life. Yeah. And I wanted to bring you on one to talk about that, but two, just to give guys some real wisdom and practical tools into leadership, which we're going to get into the second half of this conversation. But bro, would you like unpack a little bit about the shooting school, what happened to you and, and kind of the transformation that took place? You know, I, I've shared this story a couple of times and Chris actually reminded me that I did get prayer and I didn't, I just, I just didn't have like I didn't feel anything. Yeah. You know, but I had, I, I had been in two years of just grinding, opening a brand new restaurant. Um, the volume was way more than we thought it was going to be. The pressure 
everything was just more. And uh, coming into it, I gained, I gained some weight. I was probably like gained 20, 25 pounds to stress eating, which is kind of a go-to in my history. Um, like I get stressed out. I comfort myself with food. And, but I had hit like this point of I hadn't made myself ill. Mm. Like I, I, I had, I'd eaten myself to like a disease where I had, I had to have my gallbladder removed. Wow. And so I had just gotten diagnosed before I went on that trip. And so I was like, man, I was like, I was scared because I was 275 pounds. I didn't, I didn't have any muscle on my body. I was just, honestly like really an unhealthy person like my stress my the anxiety um they were running my life mm. and i remember like having a conversation with my wife because i was like sometimes like shame is the only thing keeping me doing the right thing anymore bro can i add something to that yeah because i was just doing an interview today in a in a men's magazine and the guy asked me like what's one way to get out of shame I said, well, the interesting thing that you have to understand about shame is that shame acts like a best friend. Yeah. And it comes in and acts like it's protecting you, right? Like if you feel really bad about this thing, then you'll, you will never look at pornography again. Or if you feel really bad about what you did, then you'll never cheat on your wife again. Yeah. But it also does like if you feel really bad about your body and about who you are, like that'll motivate you to work. Yeah. But it's like you have to medicate shame too yep. because it's pain. So the thing that you think's helping you is also killing you. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, like I would I would shame I, the way I put it is I would hate myself into trying to get healthy. Yeah. Like I would I would I would like curse myself out. Yeah. If I ate a donut or if I overate for dinner or whatever. I would just and and I would hype I would have these seasons of hyper discipline mm. where I got known by my family, my immediate family, my kids, my wife, my father, my brother, like, oh, what diet is Ahab on right now? Yeah. Right? That's tough. It's and yeah. it's embarrassing. Yeah. And uh because I would have to have these seasons of like radical discipline to overcome like the seasons of in, in the, of like just doing whatever I wanted. Yeah. And so um it was something where I, I just didn't know what I needed when I went to Wyoming. But when we, I remember Danny was sharing one night and we're sitting there and, and he's talking about slaying one of the seven dragons, yeah. right? Like <laughs> all the men are like, let's go, let's kill a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for me, that dragon that night was anxiety. Yeah. And I, and so I, I just, I, and I, and Chris reminded me, he's like, we, we prayed for you to get rid of anxiety. And I was like, man, I just didn't feel anything. I didn't experience anything. I didn't, I don't even remember the moment of you guys praying for me. But I now, when he brought it up, I was like, oh yeah, like we had one of these moments. Of course. Um, and then I got home, like, I remember driving down the mountain. I was with my buddy, Andrew, and we we're talking about the trip. And we're like, we just don't want to go back to living the way we were living before. And so we started setting up like we're gonna but we're gonna meet and then you know we did the 12 weeks of uh foundations of masculinity with you and it, it was like we just don't want to ever go back and i remember getting home and i went right back into my business and there's always problems and leaders were problem solvers that's what we're good at and so you know you walk in the building a problem gets dropped on your on your desk and and i remember sitting there and i did something so weird i just sat there waiting for my chest to tighten up 
And I never knew that I ever did that Yeah. until I sat there waiting for it and it didn't appear. Hmm. And I was like, what am I waiting for? And then it didn't happen. And so I just answered the question. And that probably happened a dozen times over the next three days. Like someone would come ask you a question, you'd be waiting like to feel that anxiety. I would wait, yeah, for the just that tightness in my yeah. chest. And, and it happened like a dozen times before I realized I'm waiting for anxiety. That's wild. And it freaked me out yeah. that this spirit of anxiety, like, that's, like that thing, that tightness, I was like, I wouldn't answer the question until I felt it. That's wild. And it, it scared me. And I was like, but that thing's gone. Wow. And I, was, and I, like, I can't remember a moment where it, it left, but it, it went up the mountain. And it just didn't come down. <laughs> It just—it was not one of those one of the targets. Yeah, dude, we shot it up. <laughs> we just shot it off, dude. And it was just crazy. And then, because I, and then I had to have the surgery to remove my gallbladder, and there was just a lot of like, I don't ever want to do this to another part of my body. Mm-hmm. And so I started working out one or two days a week, and then it turned into two to three days a week, it turned into four days a week. I remember the day, it was right around like right around Christmas where I was like, should I try five? Yeah. Should I try five days a week? And I did it. And then I signed up for like, because I was losing some momentum. And I was like, I'm going to sign, like this is, like I normally would do like a P90X or V shred to start. But like right now I have like, I have all this momentum. I'm going to start one of these things now. Just so I don't lose the momentum because I was afraid I was going to yeah. backslide. Yeah. Because I, I never in my adult life worked out for more than three months straight. Wow. Yeah. Because I would go in three months, I'd see enough change to be satisfied and then think I can maintain it without it. Yeah. It's just so stupid. Yeah, it's true. It's so dumb. But I did it for 40 years, 42 years. Bro, it's hard, right? Because lifting weights is like every other area of your life where you go and the first day you're like so gung-ho, you know? <laughs> you just wa- finish watching the movie 300. You know, you throw on some of that baby oil, go into the gym, <laughs> pump an iron. You got, you're trying to hit the light perfect where you have that shadow that's going to cast across oh. your abs, but then you don't really see anything. You, oh, you wa- see something. It's <laughs> not what you want to see. <laughs> you wake up in the morning, feel like the Punisher just handled you all night. Bro, and then, <laughs> dude, day two and three, it's tough. I'll tell you, I, I did something that I'd never done before. I was kind to myself. Yeah, uh, there you go. Dude, I, I went to the gym the first day in my baggy sweatpants, my baggy sweatshirt. Yeah. And I told myself, you're not going to compare yourself to anybody here. Mm. You're going to like yourself. Wow. You're going to like yourself through this. You're going to love yourself through this. And it was freaking hard, dude. Yeah. It was so hard. Cause like there's guys at the gym that are freaking ripped. Yeah. And that's why that's where they go. Guys who are ripped go to the gym. It's true. Right. <laughs> it's like the, that's where they end up. They, that's where they that's where they find that body. Yeah. You know? And uh and I so I would just would tell myself, you're not gonna compare yourself, you're not gonna do anybody else's plan. You're on your own plan. And and when you're tired, you're gonna go home. Bro, like, that's crazy. That's so powerful. Dude, it was so simple. But I never gave myself permission to just go in there and be me. And like I saw 
my our buddy Ted at the gym yesterday. Yeah. And like, you know, he's like, you know, yoking up at me and I yoke up at him, just being funny. Yeah. And he goes, dude, you're freaking jacked. And I'm like, I'm the guy that I wanted to compare myself with. Yeah. It's real. Like today, I would have been intimidated by me a year ago. Bro, I wish that I could just like I wish that I could just stop the whole podcast and just give guys that one piece. Right? That one piece. Mm. Honestly, because it changes everything. Yes. Like I've been I've been counseling this guy for a long time who when he was young, I, I won't share enough to, to reveal any about him, but when he was young, his parents literally avoided him. Oh, it just makes me want to cry just thinking about it. Cause I love him so much. Yeah. And his parents avoided him. He didn't have any friends. So he just felt something must be wrong with me. And he battled forever with depression, right? And he broke out of it for a little bit, um, like 16 to 20 years old, ended up <clears throat> falling back into deep, deep depression. And um, I just started helping him. And, and he's had so much hopelessness in his life because of how much he hates himself, just hates who he is, doesn't feel like there's any value inside of him. And... <clears throat> So I started meeting with him and his wife and uh, just for free, right? Just because I like him. And it was hard for him to comprehend that I just wanted to meet with him because I like him. Wow. Because he didn't like himself. And he's so deep into depression that in hopelessness that it's just, way, it's like a best friend that just wakes up with him every day. Mm. And when we started a year ago, I think it's around, uh, it's probably almost a year I just said, dude, we're not, we're not trying to solve this in one day. We're not trying to like, we're not going to look at what everyone else is doing. All we're trying to do is move the needle 1%. If we can just find 1% of improvement, and he was overweight as well. If we can just find 1% of improvement, that's enough. That's it. And it doesn't matter. And we went on all kinds of journeys. Like um, I said, what we're going to do is I'm not, I'm not even here to, f to fix you. Mm. I'm here just to help you discover how to find breakthrough. That's it. Just if it takes us a year, if it takes us five years, wow. I'm just going to be with you in this journey. So we're going to go to the doctor. We're going to get blood tests. We're going to go to psychiatrists and we're going to, we're going to dabble around there. We're going to go do some, some, exercise because that's how we release endorphin like we're just going to get small breakthroughs and so along the way right like he's just getting these because before on his own he's look he's dabbles over here and is looking for this big breakthrough yeah and then comes over here and is looking for this big change and we get really discouraged when that doesn't happen go back into self-hatred yeah but i saw him today it was cool before i came here um, i saw him pull him to a uh, gas station and so I swung back around and pulled in to see him. And he said, hey, I met with this psychologist um, that we had talked about meeting with. It's part of the plan. Yeah. And he, she, she told him that he had, he had never listened to his heart before. It was, mm -hmm. he's just living in his head, just judgment and punishment and self-hatred. And so... She did a bunch of exercises where he just listened to his heart, right? And uh, <clears throat> it was so cool, man, because if we could l 
let go of who we think that we should be and let go of the judge that's telling us you're not enough and confront this thing inside of us that says you're not doing enough, you're never going to be enough, and just grab a hold of who we are today and love yourself into, which it sounds so new agey and it sounds (laughs) so self-helpy, but this is the path. Yeah. It really is the path because if guys stopped and really thought about how much comparison do you allow in your day, how much shame, that's really what it is, do you allow in your day to come talk to you, now you find the root of most of your problems. Okay, I just wanted to highlight that. You know, that, that habit of like just trying to build one habit at a time, one thing at a time. Yeah. Um, I was reading a book last year for my, just for my, my business. It's yeah. just called uh, The One Thing. And the author kind of just goes, um, hey, like people think discipline is really, really hard. And he's like, all discipline is, is, he's like, this stop thinking about new projects, new anything as discipline. But mm. how long does it take for you you, he goes, you only need as much discipline as it takes to build a habit. So if it, for some people, that might be two weeks. Right. For some people, that might be two months. Some, some people might be a year. But you only need as much discipline as it takes for you to build a new habit. That's great. And so I, and I kept on thinking, like, when I started going to the gym, I'm like, when is this going to become rote? When is this going to become like, like, I don't even think about it. And then it was probably like three, four months in, I would drop my kids off at school and I just found myself driving to the gym. You crave it, yeah. It wasn't a craving. It was, I was in the habit yep. of driving there. Gosh, dude, that's awesome. Like it, it, like my bag was in there. I was already wearing my gym clothes. Might as well go. I'm like, I'm just driving there. I have my pre-workout in my hand and I'm drinking it like coffee and I'm like, how did this happen? I did not think to myself, I'm going to go to the gym today. Yeah, I'm just going to the gym today. And then what I discovered is everybody that I was envious of for their bodies, you would say, hey, how are you today at the gym? And they'd be like, I'm here. Yeah, it's true. It. It's December. It's January. <laughs> Nobody cares what my abs look like right now because yeah. I can't show them. It's freezing outside. Yeah. You know, like, because that's the mentality, right? Like, nobody really cares. Yeah. And then you're like, oh. And then I threw out my sciatic doing jujitsu. And I, and I told myself, the old Ahab would say, this is the reason why you can quit. Mm. An but excuse I'm, to back off. It's just an excuse to stop. Yeah but I showed up five days a week and I did what I could. And I just, and and it was crazy because if I, the days I didn't work out, my back would kill me. Mm -hmm. And the days I did work out, I felt really good. And so I was like, oh, this is like the opposite of what I thought. And so I just kept on working out through that pain and I got better. And I obviously did physical therapy, did other stuff too. But like, I was like, man, like normally if I hurt my back, yeah. just, and now I don't even think about my back anymore. I used to, my, I used to be in back pain all day long and now I don't think about it ever. Yeah. Like it's crazy. 
Well, you're carrying around the anxiety in the past, right? Yeah, you have carrying around, heavy. Yeah, physical anxiety, and then being out of shape, man. Dude, it's real. I saw a picture of myself the other day. I didn't recognize me. What you used to look like? Yeah. That's wild. I was like, dang, dude, I was fat. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize it. Dude, you, but I thought I looked good. You're gearing like, up for the Alone series. <laughs> what is that? It's this like... <laughs> it's these this show on uh history channel where they drop all these contestants out on these random uh they get their own like little section of land and right now they're in the yukon and they start when it's like in the fall and they can only bring 10 items oh wow yeah and so they have to like basically live off the land and build a shelter and you can tap out whenever you want to but whoever goes the longest wins 500,000. Oh, really? Yeah. And what they always do is do they bulk up before they go. <laughs> like they'll come in at like 265 and finish like at 135. Bro. No, like Dude, that's crazy. Bro, they'll, they'll come in at, for reals, they'll come in at like 70 pounds heavier than what they finish. Wow. It's wild. So, bro, you were in perfect shape for that show. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a, I didn't have an ounce of muscle on me, dude. <laughs> I think I would have died. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Casualty. But yeah, that that season, I'm still in it. Like I, you know, went to the gym this morning. It's just routine, and I'm like, but it started with what I feel like I got delivered. Mm. Like I, I feel like the Lord, the Lord really set me free. Wow. And then. My mind became clearer. I could think, I can think clearer than I had thought in the past. I made decisions based on loving myself instead of like shaming myself. And that was an intentional decision. Like there's days I wanted to hate myself. There's days I wanted to not like myself. And then even the shooting school this year, like I went again and dude, like I got breakthrough at that thing too. Like, wow. like I'm, I'm like operating currently right now. Like, you know, you, you mentioned something a while back, just like, you know, put in your phone, how are you doing today? Yep. What do you need today? Yep. How are you feeling? And before the shooting school, I was sharing this with you. Like, I just was struggling with sleep. Like, I could not. Like, I had so much. Like, that that fear of not falling asleep yeah. was, like, hitting me. And it was, like, I was about a month and a half in. I started taking, like, whatever I could take to fall asleep because it was, like, I was scared I wasn't going to fall asleep. Yeah. And it's crazy. I fall asleep every night, and I... I have a fear that I'm not going to yeah, fall asleep, right? I know. And I've been there. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm not going to take anything. Like cold turkey, just not going to take anything. <laughs> and, but I, I had a plan. Yeah. I, I bought a book that is called um, Winning the Battle of the Night oh. by Faith Blanchard. Yeah. I had my Bible. I had a day planner and I had, my, my, I had a journal. And so I would, I would read the Bible I'd go into my journal and, and I'd start journaling about how I'm feeling. And then throughout the day, I'm checking in with myself. Like, how am I doing? Mm. Like, I would check in with my wife like four or five times a day and I wouldn't check in with myself once. Yeah, wow. I get home from work and I check in with my kids. Like, how was your day? How are you doing? Like, anything cool happened today? I wouldn't check in with myself. And, and like, I realized it when somebody cut me off and nearly like ran me off the road. And I had no emotional response. Hmm. Not anger, 
not fear, just kind of like, well, that's crazy. And then I'm in the coffee shop the next day, and this lady's like, oh my God, like this guy, he tried to run me off the road. It was so scary. And she's like, it's telling her story. And I'm like, I never told anybody. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't tell anybody. I just, it happened. It's part of life. I just, and I was like, dude, something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, obviously, she was probably like oversharing yeah. and like freaking out a little bit. But I was like, to not even tell your wife, like, dude, like, had this experience to today. Yeah. I didn't tell anybody. And I would, and I was talking to a friend of mine and I was like, I feel like my brain hates me. Wow. Like it just won't let me sleep at night. It just keeps going and going and going. And he goes, dude, your brain loves you. You're not getting something that you need. Mm. And so it's, it's trying to talk to you about something that you need. So like, you're not processing anything that, so all that stuff is coming up. He goes, are you on your phone a lot? I'm like, yeah. He goes, you listen to music a lot? I'm like, yeah. You listen to books a lot? I'm like, yeah. He no goes, dead time, no goes, downtime. You distract yourself all day long. Yeah. And so your brain doesn't have a time to process anything. Wow, bro. So now in the car, no music. It's like, how are you? You doing all right? Once I answer the question, music comes on. Like just checking in. Yeah. You doing okay? But like, it, like I've been doing that consistently and it's been a battle, dude. Like f it's like a fight, but like that's something when I walked away from the shooting school this year, like I've been fighting for my, for like, it's the next level of loving myself. It's like, yep. how are you? I, I, would my wife feel loved by me if I never checked in on her? It's crazy. She would never. Yeah. Like, how would I expect myself to not check in on myself and feel loved by myself? Oh, I just, I've got chills. You just talking about that because, so that's part of how I ended up in a nervous breakdown wow. is, um, just, I had come out of my divorce, you know, and like a large part of what happens in divorce, at least for me, was it felt like my whole life got put on pause, you know? Mm. I felt like a dog chained up to a tree in a park. I'm watching everyone else play, do all this stuff, and I'm just like sitting there. And when my divorce was over and I had worked through a lot of the pain of my divorce, um, and I was like, you know, back ready to go in life, I just dove in and started attacking life, like writing a book and um, <clears throat> helping to counsel a bunch of guys and leading the sexual purity group in town here and jumped on my dad's board and like doing, right? I'm doing all this mm -hmm. stuff and I'm a single dad, I'm raising kids and I'm working for the school ministry and um, I'm on my dad's board and I'm just like, do I'm doing like all these things and I feel like I'm winning. Mm -hmm. I just feel like I'm, I'm so I'm winning in in every area, and you were jacked. <clears throat> I remember you were jacked. I was working out six days a week. Yeah. yeah, just every area, right? I was doing everything. Yeah, except for asking myself how you're doing. Yeah, what's going on inside, big guy? Um, do you want to be doing all this stuff? It's like I had gone from one extreme to the other, right? I'd gone from like processing the pain of my divorce and working through that, you know, which was real to like, now I'm, I'm taking on the world. I'm going to conquer everything and not pay any attention to how that's really affecting me. Not, and in fact, intentionally shutting down the fact that I'm tired because it's keeping me from purpose. Wow. 
It's keeping me from being effective. It's keeping me from keeping up with whoever my ego wanted me to keep up with, you yeah. know? And that practice of checking in with yourself, you know, after I crashed, that's where I learned that. After I crashed, that's where I learned like, man, in the morning, I have to ask myself, good morning, how are you doing? Is there anything that you need? Mm. Because if you miss that, right, you miss the opportunity to take care of a really simple thing that, like drinking water is a simple thing until you don't drink any water. And then it becomes a very complicated thing because wow, I'm dizzy, I'm dehydrated, I'm in danger. And guys wonder why they're so addicted to whatever, food or pornography or what's driving all of that stuff, your needs, yeah, a need that goes unmet right it's your i always said this like all that all that a a temptation right you're when you're tempt, tempted to whatever look at another man's wife or uh, look at porn all that is is a need wanting to be met mm. and if you don't catch that need if you're not asking yourself how are you doing did you process this thing did you pay attention to this say you, you're about to go to bed tonight anything you want to want to check off about the day then we take all all the stuff from our life all the processing of our life and we bottle it up and just say you're not important it doesn't really matter hmm. it's like trying to stop your 6 year old from talking which just leads to like a life of death dude yeah it's so wild that you're doing that that's amazing it's it's the crazy part is i'm sleeping yeah and i don't win every night yeah but I'm winning more nights than I used to. And like, I'm, I'm having like victory, dude. It's wild. Like, yeah, just the, the ability. I remember when I first started doing it, it's like when you first start praying, it's kind of weird where you, yeah. you don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. Like when you ask yourself, what do you need? Like, what do you need right now? Like, well, I remember the first time I prayed, I remember, I can remember the first prayer I ever prayed. Wow. And I just kind of, I remember thinking like, there's like a thousand questions I have for this guy. <laughs> for this God guy. Yeah. Like I have a thousand questions. Where do I start? And then as you spend time with the Lord, your prayer time gets like really special and it becomes easier. Yeah. You don't even think about it. No, you don't think like, like, how are you doing? Are you doing like, I'm checking in on the Lord. Like, are we good? Like, every, do you need anything from me today? And like, when I check in on myself now, it used to be like, like this huge thing of like, what do I need? What do I, what do I need? What do I need? Like, yeah, I don't know what I need. There's a thousand Such things a I need. Yeah. It's a huge question. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm like, oh, I probably just need to take a nap. Yeah. Like that, that was like foreign to me two months ago. It was like impossible for me. Like, I think I just probably need a snack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm like angry. it's not it's not even like complicated yeah. anymore. It's not like this big metaphysical like problem. It's like I probably just need to go for a walk. I you know what? I need to call my wife. Mm. I just need to make sure that we're doing good. We had that argument the other night and like it's been bugging me. I haven't checked in. Like it's so it's like simple stuff. Like, what do I need? Oh, dude. It's like freeing. But when you don't talk to yourself ever, talking to yourself becomes really hard. Yeah. But when you start when you start talking to yourself every day, 
like everything starts to get easier and easier. It's the habit. It's crazy. So, I mean, I'm working with guys all the time and it's probably one of the top things that guys say is, I don't know what I need. I don't even know how to find it. And it's, it's like, cause you haven't learned the language. You haven't learned how to check in. And not only that, but you've got 30 years or 40 years of never having to even look. So you got all this backlog. You're not, you haven't caught up. Yeah. And, but as you say, like you get to the, like, I feel like I'm at the ninja level place where it's just part of my life now. Yeah. It's part of my, I don't even have to think about it hardly. It just is. And I don't, I don't get it perfect every time, you know? Yeah. But I've, I've come to the place where living a lifestyle, I've built a culture inside of myself that values the need. Yeah. And once I value the need, I, I unconsciously find it and then, and then get it met, you know? Yeah. And that's where, you know, it's the same thing like with your physical stuff. And like, once you live a lifestyle for a while, like you're not thinking, what am I going to eat today? You might be thinking, what specifically am I going to eat today? But all the decisions around the kind of food that you eat yeah. have already been made. Yeah. You're not going, gosh, I don't even know how to eat healthy. You know my diet. It's so boring. <laughs> yeah. But I, I it's prep true. it every Sunday. So there's no question. No question. On what I'm going to do this week. Yeah. And if I have to go out of my way to fail. Like I have to like drive to a burger place to fail. Yeah. Like it's not going to happen. Bro, and that's the biggest thing, right? So, man, I. And chicken's I, better, right? Yeah. Well, you get that Chick-fil-A chicken, that grade A chicken, you mm. know, that, that untainted god's chicken the lord's for all the lord's chicken i remember the first time uh i heard about chick-fil-a so my wife lauren is from south carolina as you know but a lot of people don't know that and when i started dating her she would just talk about you know going back to the south and the south this and the south that and all the stuff that the south is right and it's all this glorified stuff and then she was one of the things was chick-fil-a like, oh, you've never had Chick-fil-A? Like, you get shamed if you haven't had Chick-fil-A. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. I literally get shamed. Like, oh, you haven't? Like, somehow I'm not in their group anymore. Yeah. I was in their group, and we were hanging out, and we were, I was cool. But then when I'd never had Chick-fil-A, like, oh, I've never lived. I'm like, I've been divorced. I've come back from hell. And somehow I haven't lived because I haven't had Chick-fil-A. There is some truth to it. Well, to some people. <laughs> So I remember the first time I had Chick-fil-A. They had so hyped it up. Yeah. Like, I call I it the shrine of the South now. It is the <laughs> shrine of the South. Because my wife and her family had so hyped it up that when I had it, I was like, all right, listen. Can we all just be honest here? Chick-fil-A is good. But it wasn't as good as you guys were making it out. Like, I'm still in the club. Well, you, that was before... I opened one. There was no reason to now, remove. Now I was just pissed. I was like, there's no reason to remove me from the club <laughs> because I hadn't had this chicken sandwich. You know what it is? Uh, and I'm not, I'm not on the Chick-fil-A hype train right now. Do it. Uh, they should, they're going to, they're going to pay us a little bit for this, but I will say this as a brand, we do such a good job. Loyalty. Creating fans. Yeah. And we do it's such real. a good job with, connecting with people's hearts and that's why people love us 
it's not the chicken. The I chicken's know. really good. It, it is. But it's it's a bun with two pickles and a, and a breaded ch- piece of chicken. It's how we connect with people's hearts. Well. And in the South, it's been there for decades. It's, so those loyal fans that you have are also savage, bro. Yeah. Because dude. they're hurting other people's hearts. <laughs> and <laughs> they've got to change their ways. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, we're not responsible for behavior. <laughs> <laughs> that brand loyalty is fierce. It is beautiful, though. So we're going to get back on track. Yeah, but that was the that. first time that I had experienced Chick-fil-A. Um, and I, I want to dive into, I mean, we we're talking all about leadership. And, and I think we'll just continue down this path because there's so many men that we work with constantly, that yeah. Braveco, that you, that, I mean, this is what you do, right? You you help build leaders and I'm helping build men and leaders. And you're a big part of Braveco and, and, and helping to do that as well, that they want their life to thrive. They want to have a life that they're proud of. They want to yeah. live inside of a culture that's working. They want a marriage that is is whole. You know, they want a relationship with their kids that kicks butt and, they want to be able to manage their their life in a way that you know is they feel where they feel powerful. Yeah. And very few men actually live that way. That is the God's honest truth. It is a <clears throat> the more I do this work, the the more I am shocked mm. at the chasm between where men portray that they are and where they're really at. Wow. This massive chasm. It's rare. Honest, this is the truth. It's rare that I meet a man that when I first met him, what I, who I thought he was is who he really is. Wow. And who he thinks that he is. It's rare. Wow. It's one out of 30 guys. Probably. Wow. One, I would say, it's one out of 30 men that... What they're portraying, what what they what they put up front, is who they really believe. Not even who I think believe. It's who they really believe that they are. Wow. And I feel like, man, if we can continue to help, kind of give a few, just a few tools to guys. Like unpack. This is where we start. Like this is how you get your yeah. life on track. Like this is the pathway into this. Like I just, man, how, if we can continue to close that gap, yeah. it would be helpful. Like, I don't know, maybe dive into some of your thoughts around that. You know, I, I remember I did school ministry, gosh, it's about 15 years ago. And I remember probably one of the first days of school, Bill Johnson's on stage and he says, one of the main goals of this school is that you'd feel comfortable in your own skin. Oh, wow. And I remember going, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. And there's been seasons in my life where I've gotten closer and closer to getting comfortable in my own skin and then further and further. But this is probably the closest I've ever been. Yeah. Like not just physically, like physically, emotionally, spiritually, Mm -hmm. mentally, like I'm getting so much closer to really being like, I like me. Yeah. Like I, I can walk into a room with little insecurity. Yeah. And it was tested the other night. I went to a conference 
and there's like thousands of people there and i walk in and i'm just like oh man i feel really like i feel like nobody here mm -hmm. and i was like well it doesn't matter you're here to receive yeah like you're not the speaker like you shouldn't feel competing with anybody why are you competing with anybody you're here just to yeah receive and i was like but i talked myself off a ledge and could just enjoy the conference and i was like oh i don't remember being able to do that before like and just celebrating small victories because mm. in the past i wouldn't yeah like i would i would i would probably just sit there and just i probably would honestly completely honest with you jay i would have I would started praying for people yeah started performing i would have started performing yeah and there, that thought crossed my mind mm -hmm. like let's just go pray for people let's go see some people heal let's get, get some like people finding value in me yeah that's crazy dude and then i just sat there and worshiped jesus and it was what he wanted me to do that's the real battle isn't it dude it is like i went to a uh yeah i went to a john eldridge retreat and he like invited me out there you know and so i go and i'm hanging out like the first night I'm just like sitting there and I'm like, man, this, it's so hard for me just to sit here yeah. to do nothing. And I had to work through, right. My ego going like, oh, I want to be John's friend. I want to be a guy. I want to be that guy on stage. And what my brain wants to do is it wants to like, wants to like pick apart what they're saying or like what would i say if i was on stage right now in the first the first day of that conference right if we're being honest like these are just normal things that we all battle with the first the first day of that conference was getting was me taking a look at my ego and going like oh yeah we're not listening to anything you have to say today <laughs> that's so good dude <laughs> like i hear you i see you that's all right it's yeah. not evil. It's just not going to be helpful. Have you read the book Ego is the Enemy? No. It's good, dude. Yeah. Because like, it's true. Yeah. Like, and it just, and, and like what you're saying, like all those thoughts you're thinking, guys will never connect that to ego. Yeah. They think it's normal. Yeah. It's like, oh, so I'm just competitive. Yeah. Oh, I just think I could do it better. I just think I'm right. I saw your freaking ego, dude. <laughs> That's it. You just found it. <laughs> you know what guys don't realize is that they hurt themselves more than anybody's ever hurt them. Dude, you would never treat anybody. It's true. The way you treat yourself. It's real. And if you had a single person in your life that treated you the way you treat you, Kick you'd be out. like, I need to set up boundaries with this person. Like I need to like, or you I beat need a restraining down. order. <laughs> <laughs> you would beat them down. Yeah, you'd probably just beat the crap out of them. It's Cause real. it's real. Like no, like, and if we're honest, and like, that's the thing is we get so locked up in our heads that we don't even check in, right? That if we're just honest, we all need help. Bro, this piece though that you brought in earlier, and I know we talked about it a decent amount, but this piece that you brought in about being kind to yourself and loving yourself where you're at is the key. Honestly, it's the key to to being able to grow and transform and maximize your full potential. Like everyone wants to become something, uh, wants to grow their potential. All of us do, yeah. but you never get there. You never sustain it through performance-based living. 
You never sustain it through shame-based living. The only way that you can actually get there and enjoy the journey is if you do it from a place of love. But that's such a hard thing to do because most people don't have a source of love. Hmm. And when I say that, here's part of what I mean is... One, most people don't have a connection with God that equals he loves me unconditionally and a real revelation that they don't have to perform for his love, which is, I totally understand that. On the other side of the coin, most guys don't have other men in their life that are a source of love wow. and unconditional acceptance. And I know that we haven't talked about it much, but part of the piece that I think is under is underlying, and you could tell me like, no, I don't think that played into it. Is when you have when you have some of the most powerful men in your life, like at the shooting school, right? You've got Danny Silk, and you've got all these cool guys that we meet that are, and they're all going down the same path together, and they're all talking about their stuff, and they're all like the poser's been exposed, like that guy's gone, and we're all just being real and doing life and sharing how we overcome and working together, like. Part of what that does is it creates a culture of unconditional love and acceptance that still has a standard. Yeah. That still says, because a lot of people's version of unconditional love is just do whatever you want to do. I'll love you anyways. Yeah. But unconditional love with a standard says you're too great to be living like that. That's not how God made you. Let me love, let me help you show you the way into this. And I do think like a large part the underlying success that I'm seeing in men today, even in, like if we look at the guys in our group that yeah. we've been running with now for a year, year and a half, yeah. uh, each one of those guys we could look at and point to and go significant growth in each of their lives. The underlying, to me, one of the major underlying factors that we don't talk about a lot is that group provides this unconditional love and acceptance with a standard that when you're having a hard time loving you, you've got another guy that's able to, to come and go like, bro, I'm proud of you. You're working hard. Keep going. And you know he's over there grinding. Yeah. Like he's not backing up. Like I pulled in to the parking lot today and I'm leaving a voice memo for one of those guys because I know he's grinding. Yeah. And I know I'm not going to see him probably till next weekend. Yeah. Because I know he's in the middle of it. But like, his wife was at my house yesterday with my wife. Yeah. Kids in the pool. Like, I, I but I sent him, hey, 30 second memo. Love you, dude. I know you're in, you're, I know you're in it. I'm so proud of you. Bro, like four years ago, didn't have that. It's so powerful. Like, I have right now the greatest group of friends I've ever had in my entire life. It's wild. Like, I have a group of friends other men are envious of and it's not because they're rich and famous successful but like because we care about each other and we we call each other out we talk about real things Mm -hmm. i remember we're when we were in oregon last month and we're talking about health and like how to stay healthy how to take care of ourselves so we can be in this for the next 40 years and i just remember i looked over at, at fab and I was like, dude, I don't remember my dad ever talking like this. And he goes, 
goes, dude, this isn't like a your dad thing, a guy thing. He goes, this is an us thing. He goes, I don't hear any men talking like this. Mm-hmm. Like how, like just, like I stopped smoking cigars. And I was like, and all my friends smoke cigars. And I was, it was one of those moments where I was like, hey guys, I have a fear. Um, I feel like I'm supposed to stop smoking cigars. And, but can I be honest? I feel like I'm gonna lose all my friends. Yeah. And they were all like, yeah, I've had the same thought. And not all of them. There was a few of them yeah. that, that had these similar thoughts. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to at least take a break or something. I just, I feel like the Lord's telling me to do this. And, because um, I'm addicted at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and they were like, okay. Like, you still hang out. Yeah. We'll still love you. And I was like, I needed to hear that. I can pull the trigger now. Yeah. Isn't it wild? So I always say like, whether we like it or not, we are born into a battle, born into a war. We just are. And if you go back and you look at the timeline and history of your life and the different events that happen, it's very clear that life from point A to point Z is one big long journey, one big battlefield, right? Where you start at the bottom of something and you work your way out of it, pretty much. I mean, if I map my timeline, that is my timeline. It's one big giant battlefield. And I tell guys a lot, like if you were dropped into Fallujah right now, in the middle of the war and you were in a foxhole, the first thing that you would want is another guy next to you that knows what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, you would not, you wouldn't care. You wouldn't, you would not care if you got all the glory. You wouldn't care how many dudes you personally, all you'd want is as many competent men. I mean, that's what I would want. It wouldn't be like, Okay, I, you know, I get, I'm getting all the glory for this. I would want a guy in the battle with me that knows what he's doing, that knows where we should be going, that's taking ground too, right? And the more men you have in that hole with you who are competent, who who are caring, the the better, more well-prepared, the better you're going to engage that enemy, the more successful you're going to become. Life is no different. And... Every day, I harp on this a lot in the podcast, but every day I'm more and more convinced that the number one strategy for growing yourself as a leader and as a man is find other men yeah. who are kicking butt or want to kick butt, yeah. want to go in the same direction, uh, who will have a standard and and do that with you. And it's like, man, you can you can multiply your success in one month just by adding some guys to your life who've solved the problem that you're struggling with or who at least are willing to look at it with you and go that same direction. And I think a lot of guys think that it has to be really complicated, but it's not. It just has to be consistent. Yeah. So like the same way that you work out is the same way that we text each other in the group text. Every day we're going to get group text. It's the same way that... And most of it's hilarious. It's just dumb stuff. <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> and 90% of it is just that. 90% of it is just hanging out. It's connection. It's goofy. It's dumb. But it opens up and makes way for that 10%. Yeah. That 10%. Because I don't need somebody telling me what to do all day. Yeah. I don't need someone, you know, talking about his heart all day. 
And that's great if he, if a guy needs to. If he needs it, yeah. But that's not, but that's, you can't even, that's not even real capacity. But it's that 10% of the time when we make room for one another that, that helps to push each man forward. And man, I really do. I just feel like the, what you've come in and laid out, what God's taken you through, the way that you've stewarded your life this last year and a half is like, such a great recipe for mm. other men to come in and face your addictions, right? Face the the overeating and the and not shame yourself into change, yeah. but love yourself into change. Waking up, asking yourself, "How are you doing? Is there anything you need to process?" Like yeah. being kind to yourself in that, and then partnering yourself with other guys who are going in the same direction. Like, dude, it'd be hard to fail if you do life like that. Yeah. And if you, I was thinking as you were sharing, I'm like thinking about guys who are in recovery, like drug addiction. Yeah. Like, cause I have a, I have a brother-in-law who's, he's, he's in a, he's in a facility right now and he's thriving, but he's been in other facilities where they just let anybody come in. And like, if there's one guy backsliding in a facility, the whole group is backsliding. Mm. So they have to like sever that one guy so that everyone else can thrive. Yeah. Right. And these, like, it's it's kind of like that. Like, in order, like, you kind of create that standard in the group. Like, we're gonna be, like, like we invited guys into this group. Yeah, there, there's plenty of guys we can invite it, but we like said we want you guys because you're you're actually moving forward in life. Yeah, and, and we we want to we want to handpick people. Like, I asked you to be a part of our mm-hmm. group, right? Because I'm like Jay, like we're boys. You want to, like, you don't have to be on mm. in this group. You just got to be in it. Yeah. You know? Which is so cool. Specifically, just to let people know what we're talking about. Like, so after the shooting school, I led, um, I think 12 guys, 12 ish guys through the foundations of masculinity. So Which our, is awesome. Yeah. It's our 12 week curriculum, right? And it was super cool. Like, tons of bonding happened. And we did it over Zoom and in person because some of the guys didn't live here. And then we ended up doing the sexuality and relationships course, which not everyone has access to, but I do because I lead Braveco, right? And so <laughs> we did another, I don't know, seven or eight weeks there. And so we had done like 18 weeks together. And then our friend group still hung out a decent amount. Um, but I went in every one of these shooting schools that I do or whatever, I lead a group out of that. And if they want to, if guys want to, and there's yeah. like massive transformation, and it's really cool. But you and um, a couple other guys had initiated, hey, let's be intentional and let's start another group. Like, let's get the same, basically the same, uh, uh, not the same guys, some of the same guys. Some of the same. Yep. And let's let's put it out to some of the key guys in our life that we feel like we're running with and let's just be intentional. And part of it was we had so many friends whose like marriages were under attack, so many friends whose lives their lifestyle, not lifestyle, but like their well-being, like financially. Yeah. There's, and I remember just sitting there one day, and I'm like, I'm getting pissed off. Totally. How many people in my life? How many close friends are in a battle? And and I'm like, this is why God brought us together is so we can lock arms and fight together. Yeah. And I'm like, so we're gonna lock arms, 
And so we, I just, so, so guys, some guys are like thriving in life in that group and some guys are needing help to thrive in life in that group. And we're all just in there like, let's go. Let's oh, fight with it. each other. Let's lock arms. Let's walk together. Let's freaking do this. I'm pumped up, dude. I want to go freaking throw an axe. Or, uh, <laughs> like I'm, in, I'm in last of Mohicans mode. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm ready to go. And But to me, it's, it's just what we're doing. It's, it's, it's part of the lifestyle that we've created and the culture that we've created. And I've said this like so much recently over the last two and a half years, my life has radically changed mm. because I've created this culture where I do life on life with men in a, in a way that I've never done it. It's so intentional mm. and so much fun and so much easier and so much more, more momentum. It's like, is eating a bunch of food whenever you want to really easier than being than living a healthy life? It's not in the long run. Yeah. It's all it's intentional. And so the same way, man, it's just like if guys uh guys are always looking f- to get into a group that's really powerful and to me I'm like just create it. Yeah. Just start with one other dude and be consistent. And even if you guys are like, if you're on the pain train, you know, if both of you are stuck in addiction or whatever right now, it's like battle up together and go be a part of a, a of another group that's like going that direction. Join a church group or whatever, or take the foundations of masculinity. That's the fun thing about the foundations of masculinity is guys can jump into it and they can meet online as well with with me once a month and they can meet with all the other guys once a month was just really cool. Like you're part of these dudes that, are, that have momentum and are moving forward in their life. And uh, it's just, it's a, it's a great way to turn around your life and get, get on track. And so dude, it's awesome. We got to start to close this thing down. Cause we've been going for a while. Dang. I just feel like we just started. I'll bring you back in. Cause I really, in the beginning I was like, dude, let's get, dive into some leadership stuff. You have, some incredible stuff on leadership. It's really what you do um, day in and day out. Mm. And we'll bring you back on to talk about how to become a great leader yeah. uh, in your business and in your family and stuff. But it just went the direction of how to how to build a healthy whole life. This is kind of where I'm at yeah, right now. Like, which I love it, dude. Yeah, I'm feeling it. It's cool. Well, I do want to throw a pitch out there. So two things um, that I wasn't planning on talking about, but we have a long-range shooting school and it's actually the Brave Co. Experience it's more than just a long range shooting school in Utah, Alabama, um, October 4th through the 8th. It's happening. And it's, it's one of these things that the AAP has been on a couple of times, but it's a place where we just get to get away from everything that's happening, gain a skill set, get an impartation. So if guys are like, man, I really want to grow with other men, I really want to have a cool experience for four days and get immersed in the Brave Co. culture and have this cool experience, that's the place to go. Can I, can I add to that? You can. Like, go with friends. Don't go solo. Yeah. You go solo, you're going to feel like the odd man out. Go Bro, with no, we make everyone feel awesome. No, no, no. It takes a while to get comfortable. Yeah. Right? So go with friends. Yeah. Like, and I would, I'm going to beg you, like, we have, like, my, my buddy Chris, Ted, we went in fab, we went together and we were just like, Hey, no matter how uptight people are, we're going to have a blast. It's life transforming. Because if you have fun, everyone else starts having fun. And then the whole thing becomes, it really does become life transforming. Dude, it's transforming. I don't, I've never done one of those events where I didn't have the majority of the guys go, this was crazy impactful. Yeah. So 
yeah, if you guys are interested, you can go to braveco.org and check out our uh, Braveco experience there. We have a professional chef that, dude, it's it's another level. In Alabama, it's another level. Versus fried chicken. Bro, it's another level. <laughs> Catfish. <laughs> sous vide, sous vide wild game. Like, really? Yeah, it's insane. So guys can check that out. You can go there. Ahab, would you pray for the men? Yeah. I just feel like you're carrying something right now. Just that powerful encouragement, that faith that they can turn their life around. Yeah. And bro, the truth is, is like, if you did it, anybody can do it. Dude, if I can do it? Bro, I know. Like, I knew me. I know. <laughs> pray for us, man. Father, thank you. Thank you that there's grace in this moment, the, the ability to do something we couldn't do a minute ago. There's grace in this moment for our minds to be altered, to think more like you. There's grace in this moment to love ourselves into victory. Father, th- there's grace in this moment yeah. right now to step into breakthrough that we could not step into before. So Father, I just release the grace of heaven, the kindness of our Lord, the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Repentance means changing the way we think, that mind renewal, the kindness of God helps us renew our minds. And right now, we just release that grace into the mind renewal in Jesus' mighty name, that their hearts would just be full and that, like, I just see anxiety, that that tightening mm-hmm. of the, in the chest that I, I mentioned. I just, I just saw that leaving people right now. That so it, there's, there's a lot of you that were like, it happens to me all the time. I feel that tightening all the time. I just see that leaving you right now in Jesus' name. And I just see people who's like, you, you have like thoughts that, that just don't ever stop at night. And I just, I feel like the Lord's just saying, just. You need to process with yourself at night. Just And I just see that thing just dissipating and just being gone. And I just bless your spirit. I bless your body. I bless your mind and that you can do it. The Lord says you can do it. It's it's the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, meaning that, it, that when Jesus has done something, he's willing and he's able and he's wanting to do it again. Mm-hmm. And I just release that over you right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Bro, it's so cool because we were on a boat fishing together. Yeah. Um, what, probably two months ago, maybe three? That was before your six pack. <laughs> <laughs> and I was working out every day with Lambo, you know, like four days a week we work out together. And I was just, I was listening to you talk about your story. And I was like, man, I'm just going to take my fitness to another level. And dude, busted out those those six pack abs. Actually, what I did is I set a goal like I'm gonna get down to 184 pounds, you know, mm. and I'm just gonna hit that target. But it was it was inspired off of from you. I was like, man, dude, I never seen you pull up your shirt more than when we were in Oregon. Like you just oh, your shirt was just always dude, up. To. You're always rubbing your abs. I'm to. like, I was like, I was no, like, it's true. Dude. Like dang, I'm just uh, trying to inspire guys. You inspired me. I I'm like, I'm gonna drop 20 more pounds. I'm gonna get a six pack. That's what I'm talking about. You know, it's vanity. Yeah. It's vanity's freedom. I don't know if it's vanity or if it's just the way God designed us to like, dude. You can do it. I can do it. I know. Well, you got me going, and then now I guess it, you got me going. Yeah, I'm amazing, like, dude. I'm on shred season. <laughs> like I'm I'm a freaking madman right now. My wife's just like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just shredding. (laughs) No cheat days.
Bro, okay, so I think that's that's where we're in. Listen, Brave Come In. It's time to get off the, the cheating, right? No more cheat days. It's shred season. Shred season. Get out there and kick some butt. Be brave. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Hey, Brave Come In. Are you looking for adventure? Looking for a way to get away, hang out with other men, shoot some guns, do a high ropes course? We have the thing for you. It's called the Brave Co. Experience. October 4th through the 8th, we will be in Utah, Alabama. This will be a place where you will hang out with other men in an exclusive environment. We cook some really good food. We do high ropes courses. We teach you how to shoot out to a thousand yards with a rifle and also teach you how to handle that pistol in a way that makes you feel confident. So if you're looking for an experience like this, go to braveco.org to learn more about it.